You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a lot of recruiting news to get to. Several targets for the Iowa Hawkeyes did make their commitment decisions this weekend. We're going to talk all about that, what it means for the school, why it's a big deal, and why it isn't a big deal, and get into all of your recruiting talk today. So if you want to hear some Iowa football recruiting talk, today is your day. Before we get into anything in regards to the class of 2022, I do want to talk about a few other items, mostly recruiting. Mac Markway, a tight end target, um, a four-star tight end target, um, listed Iowa in his top seven, which is phenomenal. He is an Iowa legacy. His dad played at Iowa. Um, going to be tough to get him to Iowa, but still awesome to see Iowa listed in the top seven. Also, Brody Brecht, the MLB draft did begin yesterday. Um, I expect to hear his name called possibly today um, as we get news and updates on that, whether or not he decides to go the MLB route or go play baseball and football for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I will definitely be um, posting analysis on that throughout the week. And Carter Kingsbury, uh, son of Chris Kingsbury, who played at Iowa from 1993 to 1996, has committed as a preferred walk-on to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, his dad, Chris, was a sharpshooter, second-team All-Big Ten, and holds the single-season three-point record. Um, his son, Carter, has spent the last season at Brewster Academy after spending a lot of time in Nebraska. Um, pretty under-the-radar type of kid. But really excited to see what he can do. Um, if he can play like his dad, he's going to be a huge pickup for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, one of the things I noticed and one of the stories I saw was that Fran was actually helping Carter throughout his recruiting process. Not even just going to Iowa, but just helping him get showcased in general, which I thought was a really cool thing for Fran to do for an Iowa legacy type of kid. And then obviously for Carter to end up at Iowa is going to be huge. Um, maybe one of those cool preferred walk-on stories that we could see for the Hawks. Also... Finally, uh, last thing before we get into all of our stuff today, uh, we do have a new addition to the team. We are going to be joined by former Iowa football player Jake Fisher, uh, former walk-on a couple of years ago, played on the team for a few years. He's going to be joining the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast team, so really excited about that. Um, we're going to be kind of doing a, an introduction slash interview of him and his story, uh, probably dropping on Friday, so stay tuned for that, um, I'll talk to you about how he's going to be involved um, over the course of the show, but nothing's going to change from a content perspective. In fact, we might just have more content, so uh, more uh, social media content, I should say. The show structure, everything is going to stay the same. I'll be here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday until July 19th, which at that point we will be doing every single day, Monday through Friday. Uh, so just as an FYI, I just wanted to let you know we have a new addition to the team. And speaking of social media, check out our little poll we did. We had a top defensive back groups in the Iowa Hawkeye history under Kirk Ferentz. Uh, we kind of put some some defensive back groupings together. Let me know what your thoughts were. Um, I, you know, I should have realized including Bob Sanders was probably gonna hurt or uh, lean or steer the decision making towards one team, and then also. There's a lot more love uh, for that that group of four than I that I realized, especially given the the recency bias of those of those guys in the team. Not the recency bias, but just the recency of those guys playing on this team, especially Josh Jackson and Michael O. Jamudia. Uh, my personal favorite on that whole group, though, is probably Team Four. Uh, Tyler Sash and Micah Hyde 
Uh, what a phenomenal duo. That would be so much fun to watch. So make sure to check out that if you want to vote and give me your thoughts. I would love to love to see that. Uh, we are four minutes in, and I've kind of just gone through the tidbits, but I do want to get to recruiting. Before we get into that, though, um, please make sure to like, review, and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at and give us that five-star review if you do love this show today. And tell your friends about it. Let them know. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Let's get into some recruiting talk, though. So what happened this weekend? Well, let's start with what happened last week. Two tight end targets. Two tight end targets that I think a lot of Iowa fans felt pretty confident, including myself. We're going to go to Iowa. Did not commit to Iowa. Micah Riley Ducker went to Auburn. Andrew Keller went to Iowa State. Now, Micah Riley Ducker especially hurts considering how early Iowa got in on his recruitment and how many times he visited the Hawks and how it seemed like he really enjoyed the idea of being an Iowa Hawkeye. Andrew Keller hurts because you lost a kid you really wanted to an in-state rival. Um, That was a big win for the Cyclones. Now, what hurts even more is that we had some stuff happen this weekend. Hunter Deo, a four-star defensive tackle committed to the Iowa State University. That is such a big win for Matt Campbell, a big recruiting win for Matt Campbell, and I think one of their highest-rated recruits uh, since Matt Campbell has taken over the program. I really thought this was definitely in the bag for Iowa. Um, This is a kid who was rumored to go to the Hawks a year and a half ago. I mean, this was how big of a deal he was. Iowa, I mean, everyone thought he was going to Iowa, and for him to kind of not flip his change his mind, but to ultimately go to Iowa State is a bit of a shocking letdown um, for the Hawkeyes and the Hawkeye recruiting. I thought the biggest reason is the fact that he loved the scheme of Iowa, um, whereas opposed to Iowa State, he's going to be playing more of that nose tackle spot is what I've come to understand, which I think would be really interesting to see um, how they decide to utilize him or what they told him during that recruiting process. Also, a defensive back recruit out of Michigan had a same coach has the same coach as several other Iowa Hawkeyes have had in that Michigan area. Um, Christian Stokes he does commit to West Virginia University. Again, I thought this was this was a pretty easy sell, right? Phil Parker develops defensive backs. He under he knows the coach. There's been so much success from the kids coming out of that program. I thought that was a for sure thing for Christian Stokes, but um, obviously decided to take his talents to Morgantown and play for West Virginia University. So if you're keeping track at home, that is four recruits, four guys that I could argue Iowa thought were going to go their way. I thought they were going to go our way. I think a lot of Iowa fans thought they were going to go our way, and they ultimately didn't. Two of them going to our in-state rival, two of them going to teams we're probably never going to play, but... Four big-time recruits. That would have gotten us up to 11 commits in the class. We are still at 7th in the class. Now, again, it's it's early to be looking at rankings, but it does start to paint that picture a little bit, at least, telling you where is Iowa currently at this time. And, again, I, I am a little bit concerned. I posted this on Twitter yesterday but or two days ago. I'm a bit concerned with not the people we have in this class, right? I'm very excited for Aaron Graves and Caden Crawford and Jacob Bostic, Jack Dotsler, Kale Crow, Jaden Montgomery, and Carson May. But I'm a little bit concerned about what direction we're seeing or what direction we're seeing recruits take in this recruiting process. And I want to get into all of that just real quick, though. The national ranking of the Iowa Hawkeyes recruiting class, 63rd. Now, again, just a reminder, though, last year, Iowa had one of the best classes they've ever had, and that class was ranked 24th. In 2020, they also had, let me pull it up again, they had 21 commits and that national ranking was 35th. So we've seen some really good classes come through the last two years. 
you expect there to maybe be a little bit of a dip in terms of how many players are going to be joining the program, but um, to see what we're seeing is still nevertheless concerning. So we're going to get into all that. Why is this concerning and what are some of the reasons why we don't need to be concerned? Obviously the developmental aspect, there's a lot of talent, a lot of positions. So what are some of those issues? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to say, we talk about what would make this class, what would get us back to a comfortable feeling about this class. We're going to talk about all that on segment two and segment three of the locked on Hawkeyes podcast. So stay tuned for that. I do want to tell you about made in because I said, I first, I got I, I to ask a question first. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short answer is they have access to the right kitchen tools with made in professional quality cookware and kitchen where anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Made in cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the best chefs. I haven't tried their pans yet, but my wife got some of the wine glasses and she absolutely loves them. Every time we pop open a bottle of wine, we are using our made in wine glasses. We have one of their pans coming to us as well. I can only imagine the quality there is also phenomenal. Made in produces professionally quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and they allow all of that to go to you without all the markup because they are getting you premium kitchen tools available directly to you without that middleman. So make sure to check out Made In. Right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKED ON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Go to madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use the promo code LOCKED ON for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code LOCKED ON. All right, y'all, we are back for segment two of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sparks Network. As a reminder, we do have an interview with Tory Taylor, the punter for the Iowa Hawkeyes. He is going to be joining the show here this week. I might be dropping that episode tomorrow. Just be on the lookout. I'll let you know. But I do want to make sure you get that chance to listen to him. Uh, he was such a phenomenal interview. I really enjoyed that conversation. So stay tuned for that coming up this week as well. Before we went into the break, I did talk to you about what happened from a recruiting perspective. Four commit or four Iowa Hawkeyes did not join the Iowa Hawkeyes. Or four Iowa Hawkeye targets did not join the Iowa Hawkeyes. They committed to other schools. So why is this a big deal? A couple things. Iowa has lost on several targets that they were very high on recently. They seem to continually be striking out. Um, yes, there have been some big time wins. Right, There have been some players that we are very excited about joining that have joined recently with this class. But very, very recently, in the last two weeks, especially coming off official visits, Iowa is not getting the impact that you would expect. Right, Jaden Montgomery was awesome to see. We got a linebacker, Kale Crow, Jack Dotsler, Jacob Bostic. Jacob Bostic was a huge one because that was a kid who we really wanted one wide receiver in this class. We were really high on him. The fact that we got Jacob Bostic was huge. But outside of that, no real... Um, no real commitment activity coming after the official visits where you know team or players had the opportunity to see what Iowa brought to the table. And since then, we've seen four of those official visitors not commit to the Iowa Hawkeyes. And that, to me, is a little bit concerning. I don't know what's going on with that. I really don't. Now, we look at this. Right now, they have the lowest class in the Big Ten. They have the 63rd-ranked class in the nation. That ranking is going to go up. We knew it would be small. But again, to lose out on those targets, those targets that you're in the top two on, that is very tough for me. Why are we not able to close the deal? I don't know the answer there, but I do know that it is concerning to me. And the other piece is we are losing to Iowa State. Iowa has to win the in-state battle to be successful. 
They have to. They have to keep the top in-state guys going to the University of Iowa, not to Iowa State. And the fact that Matt Campbell is starting to generate more interest, he's starting to get more of those guys who are deciding between Iowa and Iowa State to go to Iowa State. Not, not more than Iowa, but more of the guys, right? A bigger percentage, a bigger fraction of that. They are going to Iowa State. You look at Hunter Deo. You look at Andrew Keller. He's not an in-state kid, but Andrew Keller choosing between Iowa and Iowa State chose Iowa State. That, to me, is also concerning from a recruiting battle perspective. Thankfully, the talent is getting stronger in the state of Iowa from a football perspective, but you hate to see those in-state kids go to Iowa State. It used to be, and this is why I'm concerned, it used to be just the kids who either wanted to study agriculture really bad or they grew up an Iowa State fan. Otherwise, they're probably going to Iowa. That's how it used to be. Now, I saw some folks on Twitter say, well, we're in the top two. Isn't that a good deal? Absolutely. It is awesome that Iowa has locked in on people and they are able to get these commits to at least have Iowa in the top two. It means Iowa's right at the table. It's better to be at the table than not at the table at all. It'd be even worse if Iowa wasn't even getting listed as on the top five of these players. Right. That'd be even worse. I agree. But it's not a very good feeling coming in second to some of these top recruits that Iowa is targeting. Now, I also got the question about scholarships and how is Iowa, how are these teams able to offer up uh, scholarships to so many players, right? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to break this down kind of quickly and then we're going to get into why this isn't as big of a deal. Every team has 90 scholarships. It's a bit wonky now with COVID, right? COVID, you have an extra year. That's not going to count against your scholarship distribution. Teams can offer up scholarships, though, to anyone. These scholarships are not, are not binding contracts. They're not binding contracts between either player or school. A player can commit to Iowa, but not sign his letter of intent and then decommit and go to their school prior to that you know, National Sign Day stuff. Iowa can also offer a scholarship to 20 quarterbacks that they wanted to, and whichever quarterback decides to you know, sign or decides to commit, fantastic. They can get that guy. So a lot of schools, or what some schools will do, is pit players against each other and say, we only have two slots. Come and get it, basically. Iowa typically doesn't operate in this fashion as much. Um, they, When they offer a, you know, a, a scholarship up to a player, that is, in their opinion, that is a that is a commitment to them. They want that player at Iowa. They mean that. And when they realize that it's not going that way, they'll offer up a scholarship to someone else who they have targeted and really would like to have on or in the program. So Iowa has a little bit less room. They haven't talked – that should be wrong. They've talked to a lot of recruits, but they haven't offered up scholarships to those players, and they're behind the eight ball on some of those things when they lose out on some of these targeted you know, recruits they really went after, such as a Micah Riley Ducker or an Andrew Keller. So that's where it can be a little bit, a little bit concerning. Um, but yeah, that that's that's just a little bit on the scholarship thing. So a Minnesota can offer up 300 scholarships, but they only have probably 20 to 25 scholarships available for that given year um, at that time. So once those are gone, players are kind of screwed. Kind of wonky, I agree. Kind of crappy, I also agree. Why is this not a big deal though? Again, it, I do think it's a little bit of a big deal, but I'm trying to do glass half full, glass half empty look. Um, when you look at how many players Iowa typically brings in, they bring in anywhere between 20 and 25 players in a typical class, or 18 to 25. We knew this was going to be a smaller class, so probably 16 to 18. Again, we have the COVID year. We have a lot of players who are going to be you know, maybe spending a little bit extra time at the University of Iowa. When you look at previous classes, I looked at 2015 and 2016. 2015 had 21 guys in that recruiting class. 12 of those guys left the program before finishing out their Iowa career. In 2016, eight of the 23 guys left the program before finishing out their career. 
Now, why is that? If you have 22 starters plus four specialists, if you bring in a class of 2022, right, That's there's a spot for all those guys there technically. What we're not accounting for, though, are the guys who play multiple years. The Amir Smith-Marsets and Brandon Smith who played since freshman year. Nate Stanley who started for three years. Tyler Goodson who's going to be starting for three years. Tyler Linderbaum for three years. Matt Hankins for four years. Right? Every year those guys start, that's a spot in those newer recruiting classes that they don't get to play right away. All right? So in theory, you bring in 22 to 25 guys, and in some capacity, you expect all those individuals to contribute. But as you can see, some guys step up, and they take over snaps over the entire time. For every Matt Hankins, who has started for four years, there's a Devontae Young, who doesn't start at all, but stays in the program. And for every Devontae Young, actually, there's not a lot of Devontae Youngs. That's a bad comparison. But for every Matt Hankins, there's also a Julius Brent, who transfers out of the program. Now, we don't know all the details behind that. I would have to imagine a lot of that has to come down to the fact that he wasn't going to get playing time. There's people in front of him. And that leads me to my next point. Iowa is such a great walk-on school. They do such a phenomenal job of of finding walk-ons, developing those walk-ons, and bringing them into the program and becoming studs. Right now, on their 20, out of their 22 starters, I'm not including specialists. A lot of specialists are typically brought in as walk-ons. Tori Taylor was not. Caleb Shudok is now a scholarship player, but he was brought in as a walk-on. Kyler Schott, Riley Moss, Jack Kerner, all walk-ons, all big-time contributors to the program. Now you only have 19 starting positions. Again, you can get into semantics. There's a couple tight end positions that play a lot of snaps. Defensive line rotates in and out. Offensive line rotates a little bit. A wide receiver, you could see up to five guys playing. But there's still starter-level snaps. Three of those 22 starters are walk-ons. Okay, so now you only have 19 guys. And out of those group, out of that group, you have, you know, a Tyler Linderbaum. You have a Tyrone Tracy Jr. who is not necessarily getting starter snaps, but isn't playing a lot. You have Matt Hankins, who's been starting for four years. You've got Riley Moss, who's also been playing for several years. Jack Kerner, Kyler Schott, Tyler Goodson. Okay. These are guys who are all getting multiple years of playing time, which takes up even more space for people coming in. So my whole point of that is when you have a recruiting class, you bring in 22 to 25 guys. It is nature of the beast that there is going to be some attrition to that. Now, I'm not going to be naive and think if we bring in a 16-person class that we're not going to lose a single person from that class. I'm just trying to give you the basics here, though, of why a smaller class could be not so disadvantageous to the Hawks in this scenario. Iowa is a very deep team across the board. You look at tight end Sam Laporta, there's a chance he could go to the NFL this year. Behind him, there are three other scholarship players who are very young, redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomores. Sam Laporta even is just a junior. He could still have another year. So playing time is an issue there. Michael Riley Ducker might not get playing time right away. Andrew Keller wasn't going to get playing time right away. It was going to take a few years. Even offensive linemen, they're not going to get playing time right away. That is a relatively young offensive line we have right now. It's a tough path to see the field. Some of these guys, they want to get playing time right now, especially with the name image likeness. You want to capitalize on that. You want to get your name on that starting lineup. You want to get your name in the papers because the more times you are mentioned, the more people that know you, the better chance you have of capitalizing off your name image likeness. Now, I'm not saying that Andrew Keller or Micah Riley Duck or any of those guys are looking at that necessarily. I'm just giving you some additional scenarios to be thinking about why this is happening, why this could be a thing. So again, is it concerning? Am I concerned? A little bit. I'm pretty concerned about... 
I'm pretty concerned about the fact that we've lost out on top two recruits, guys who had Iowa in their top two and ultimately chose not to go to Iowa, especially the fact that we're losing some of those in-state recruits to Iowa State or just in general are recruits that we're targeting, that Iowa State is targeting. We are losing to Iowa State. That is concerning to me. But at the same time, on the flip side, we kind of expected a smaller class and we've seen attrition in the past. So there, this is not all hope is lost. And plus, the biggest thing is Iowa is such a good developmental football program. But let's get into that a little bit more coming up on segment three. I do want to talk about that just a bit more and tell you about what could make this team or this uh, this this recruiting class 2022 be even better. Uh, we're going to talk about what could happen to make this recruiting class kind of turn the, the corner in terms of the the outlook on it. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have so many phenomenal flavors. They got fruity, they got salty, they got sweet, and all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. I personally love these bars. I eat a white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles, which is a limited time flavor. So when you see those limited time flavors, hop on them. I eat one of those every single day for a breakfast with a glass of milk, and it is so good to start my day off with something that delicious and also that nutritious. That white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles comes with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. That is generally the 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 composite of all those built Bars. So all those built Bars, delicious and nutritious, just like I just told you with that, kind of, kind of going through the nutritional value of that white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles. So if you haven't tried built Bars yet, or even if you have, you can still use this promo code. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, y'all, we are back for our third and final segment of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As I was saying before we took a quick break, Iowa has a tradition, has a great tradition of developing players. They are a developmental football program. They have a great tradition of finding walk-ons, and there are a lot of talented guys in the state of Iowa. They are going to be looking to see these guys in action this year because last year was a bit of an interesting year trying to evaluate. So that is the other thing. Evaluation, it is down. The ability to evaluate players is definitely behind where Iowa has been in the past, where any school has been in the past, and Iowa is not going to cut corners to try to get numbers. They're going to stay their route and find the guys they want to find. So what could they do or what do they need to do really? When I look at this class, one of the nice things I see is that we have several prospects across several positions. And what I mean by that is we have two defensive linemen. Okay, we have Aaron Graves and Caden Crawford. We got our one wide receiver. We know we don't really need another wide receiver in this class. Um, obviously, we'd welcome it, but right now, Iowa is targeting just one. We got Jacob Bostic. We got two offensive linemen. We got our quarterback and we got Jaden Montgomery. Okay, when I look at that, what we absolutely need Right? We need at least one tight end prospect, probably two. We need at least one defensive back prospect. I would like to see one more defensive lineman and one more offensive lineman and a running back. Okay, When you break that down, one running back, one, two tight ends, that's three. One offensive lineman, one defensive lineman, and one defensive back. That lists us out at six commits. We definitely need to get us that 13 mark. And again, it's always nice. Iowa tries to bring in four-ish guys in the offensive line, four-ish guys in the defensive line, um, probably another linebacker. So there's definitely some wiggle room here. But it does make me feel better knowing that Iowa has gotten some depth at several positions already to this point. Also, they have several guys who are looking to commit soon. Landon Livingston is a guy who is very high on Iowa. He is committing July 16th. He's an offensive lineman. That would be a big win for Iowa. Aiden Lowry is a running back who is choosing between Iowa and Illinois. He is seemingly targeting Iowa. Iowa has a crystal ball for him right now. 
Brian Allen, a defensive lineman. He is choosing between Iowa and I believe Michigan State. Don't quote me on that one, but a defensive lineman that Iowa has been hot and heavy on lately. He's a guy to watch out for. Those are some big targets. Now on the defensive backside, uh, yes, they missed out on their main guys. Last class, they had two safeties. This class before that, they had a safety and two corners. Watch out for Keith Moko out of Newton. He is a guy who Iowa has been looking at quite a bit. Has some length, has some speed. He has some FCS offers already. Um, I believe this is a guy who is, it's only a matter of time, especially with his senior season coming up, that Iowa offers Keith Moko out of Newton to get that defensive box, defensive back spot filled. There are a couple tight end targets in the state of Iowa as well. Again, I would like to see Iowa get at least one, but probably two, especially given um how much we utilize the tight end position. Brady McCullough out of Ankeny is a guy to watch out for without, you know, uh, Arden, you know, Arlen Bruce and Brody Breck, you know, getting all those targets, watch out for him to be a guy with Ankeny this upcoming season. What else? So what are two guys? There are two guys. I think if we can get these guys, this class, you know, people are going to be changing their minds and tunes about this class. Xavier out of Southeast Polk. He will be tough to get, but if Iowa can land him, one of the best prospects in the entire nation. That would be such a recruiting steal. And they are playing the hometown hometown kid thing, especially with name, image, likeness. He could come here and get playing time really quickly and benefit from name, image, likeness right away in the state of Iowa where he is from. That has to be on his radar. And then Carson Hinsman has a crystal ball to Wisconsin, but it sounds like he might still be at least thinking about Iowa. He's a four-star offensive lineman. That would be a huge get for Iowa as well. So those are some of the things I think could make this class or turn the corner on this class and also what we need from a position-by-position perspective. I do expect around 15 to 17 commits in this class. And again, Iowa will do a good job of developing and or targeting under the radar guys, especially guys who haven't had a chance to show what they can do yet to this point, especially with some of the shortened football seasons last year or the lack thereof. Um, look for Iowa to be very heavy on the trail to round out this recruiting class. So I know people out there are concerned. I am as well, but there are a lot of positives going in the direction for Iowa and expect some commitments here coming up. That does do it for our show today. If you like the show, give us that five-star review and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, please make sure to go follow Jake Fisher on Twitter as well. We are having him on the show later this week to talk about his journey to Iowa football and how he has come to the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast as part of our team. And make sure to check out our interview with Tori Taylor this week. I might be dropping it tomorrow or Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that as well. Thank you, Hawkeye Nation, for tuning in. If you want more Locked On content, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Again, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic Monday, and let's go Hawks.